mindset, performance, science, transforming communication, perspective, and boundaries. Welcome to the Redefining Success Show with Aaron Jewell, a Thrive Global Top 10 Coach of 2021. And now, here's your host, Aaron Jewell. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. It is so great to be back. Those of you who consistently listen know that I've been on a little bit of a hiatus. It has been a few weeks since our last recording, and I am excited to almost debut with an interview today with Joyce Martyr. Joyce is a licensed psychotherapist. She is the CEO. Uh, She is a CEO, national public speaker, media contributor, and author of the Financial Mindset Fix, a mental fitness program for an abundant life. Now, let me tell you something. Joyce came highly recommended to me by someone who I've had, Cara Bradley, who I've had on the show two times, And Kara is somebody who I deeply respect. It's one of Kara's interview. Her first one was actually one of my most highly downloaded. uh, It was one of the most highly downloaded recordings and interviews that I've done so far. So her mental fitness philosophy is just out of this world. And I also interviewed Kara on the game B philosophy the last time we talked. And I just have a lot of respect for her. So when Kara reached out, and said, you need to have Joyce on the show. I didn't think twice. And Joyce, I just really appreciate you making the time today. So for those of you who have a chance to look into what Joyce does a little bit further, please do. Um, But I am not going to spend more time on Joyce's background because I care far more about hearing Joyce's perspective on a few pretty specific topics today. So I'm going to approach this one a little bit differently. I'm going to focus a little bit less on what Joyce has done And I'm going to focus a little bit more on what Joyce would do in certain situations, although I do want to hear a little bit more of her story. So with that, Joyce, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Erin. And I love Kara Bradley, too. We met through the National Speakers Association and we're immediate friends. We're very like minded. Yeah, she's well, that's that's good to know. Then you and I will have uh, I feel like the flow state's already there. So, Joyce. Why don't you just for the next uh, one to two minutes, give us a sense of of a few pieces and parts of your story that you find to be important as far as uh, how it inspires your your journey and your career today? Absolutely. So I've been a licensed psychotherapist for 25 years. I find my work emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually rewarding. I became really interested in the psychology of money as I noticed that my clients, as they made progress in in therapy, they started to earn more money. And I was like, why is this happening? They're getting raises and promotions and starting their own businesses. And I realized it's because we're always working on underlying self-worth. So I learned from my clients and applied that to my own entrepreneurial journey. I'm the founder of Urban Balance, which is an outpatient mental health company, which today has 17 locations in six states. And I started Urban Balance with $500, 50,000 of student loans and sold it when it was grossing millions of dollars for a nice seven-figure amount beyond my wildest dreams. And I did that after a lot of pain points and some real financial hardships and some humbling moments. And I learned a lot about the psychology of money. So 
I wrote my new book, The Financial Mindset Fix, where I share what I've learned from the wisdom of my clients over the past 25 years and my own entrepreneurial journey. And I'm a public speaker. I talk across the country about mental health awareness. I think no shame, no stigma. We all have mental health, like we have physical health. And I talk pretty openly about my own struggles with anxiety and how I've worked to overcome that. Oh my gosh. I can already tell I'm going to, I'm going to want you to come back a second time. I don't even know. Can I do that? Is that allowed? Even though we haven't even started the interview yet. Joyce. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So here we go. This is that. And you shared so beautifully and eloquently your, your, your story in about 30 seconds, which I'm sure there are so many bifurcations and trifurcations that are just absolutely fascinated. Fascinating. Um, tell me this. Why do people have such a hard time talking about money? I think we're socialized that money is very private. And so we've, we've been socialized not to talk about it. I think it gets so tied up with worth that when we compare ourselves to others, it can stir up feelings of inadequacy or competition. Our egos come into play. And so many people have kept that quiet or we deal with financial shame. I know when I went through business struggles, there was a period where I was in cash flow hell and had difficulty making my rent and paying my staff and laid awake at night and was paralyzing with financial anxiety. And people don't talk about that because it's embarrassing. But you know what? Most of us, have had financial struggle at different points in our lives. And many people have gone through financial trauma. And I've become very interested in the connection between mental health and financial health. And both, there's this kind of shame and stigma with any type of struggle. And I'm all about removing that and having honest conversations and connecting people with resources that can help them move forward. Mm. Oh, that's so fantastic. You know, uh, I recently had several conversations with different women in my network in my life who are low to mid 40s who are doing relatively well in their professional lives. And, you know, it's there's this confidence that comes with it and a desire to be creative and a desire to become even more knowledgeable about how to be created with creative with financial resources. But they're they're comfortable talking about it in like this inner circle, but somehow they, they don't like talking about it outside of that. Like there's almost like, and I don't know that women and I'm just, we're just going to focus on women, but it's not just women, but I don't know that these women are aware so much that they're not comfortable talking about it in certain circles, if that makes sense. So what do you, what do you do when you have someone who is aspiring to be more financial, have more financial freedom, to be more financially creative, but they're not aware of their trauma around actually exploring it and self-discovering and talking about it. Oh my goodness. I think I could answer that in so many different ways. You raised many different important questions but I think we're all shaped and molded by our earlier life experiences. And we learn the meaning of money from our families and their beliefs about money. Uh, I wrote a recent article for Psychology Today where I talk about a client who realized that 
her mother's money issues made her buy ugly shoes because her mother was really frugal. And she somehow internalized that message that she wasn't worth nice things. So she bought a bunch of cheap shoes and hated them all and felt badly about herself. And so through therapy, she owned her worth and changed her financial habits. But I think for women, I think we learn those messages early and some of them are gender-based and we are raised to be people pleasers and to put others' needs before our own. We tend to give our power away as a group. I remember once being at a conference of leaders, national leaders in the American Counseling Association, and we were each asked to stand up and introduce ourselves. And when we were finished, but my friend next to me, who's a sports psychologist, she said, you know, all the women, we minimized our, our accomplishments. We were like, oh yeah. Like I said, oh, I own this practice. I didn't say it had 17 locations or 200 employees. And the men were all about that. They were all about owning their worth. And so in my practice, I'm constantly having challenging my clients with their self-talk because in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the most empirically supported form of therapy, they say that our thoughts precede our emotions and behaviors. And so we often set our own ceilings with self-limiting beliefs. And I did this in my own career trajectory, and I share it in the book. Um, the first chapter is about abundant thinking. And I talk about how I set my salary goals and I ended up achieving them, but not more than that because I was setting a benchmark for myself. And it wasn't until I blew the ceiling off of that, that I welcomed greater prosperity and abundance. And I don't think that's selfish. I think when we have more, we can help more. As my practice grew, I was able to provide more jobs, more internships, and sliding free and pro bono counseling services for people who needed it. I never would have been able to do that if the business hadn't succeeded. So I think there's a lot we need to work on in terms of we as women owning our worth. I always say healthy self-esteem is midway between diva and doormat. And the diva is not respectful of other people's boundaries and might be entitled and aggressive. And the doormat is not respectful of her own and allows her boundaries, including financial, to be compromised. And after counseling now thousands of women over the past 25 years, most of us end up on that doormat side in, in some ways. And so a lot of my work with women is supporting them to own their worth. Uh, in my book, I say, we're all beggars sitting on an, a golden bench. We all have beautiful, amazing gifts and talents to share with the world. And my favorite thing is showing my clients, mirroring back to them all that's amazing about them and empowering them to align their gifts with a need in the world. And like you're saying, we can reinvent ourselves at different chapters of our life. And that's what's that keeps us learning and growing and unfolding and blossoming into our highest and greatest self. Are you looking to increase leadership competence and trustworthiness on your team? Do you see more opportunities to build rapport and a sense of community on your team? Are you challenged with completely trusting yourself and your team as a leader? Book a call today with Erin Jewell Consulting to learn more about the PACE Signature System. 
PACE, an acronym for Perspective, Alignment, Communication, and Equanimity, is designed to increase a sense of community and trustworthiness on your team to improve outcomes and drive the successful results you know that you and your team are capable of. All in six months. Go to erinjewelconsulting.com forward slash bookings for a free consult and enjoy. Absolutely amazing. You know, there's this, there's probably like 17 different places we can travel to next. And, and here's the one I'm going to pick. And I'm just going to dive into this one because it's popping up. So how do you address or how do you empower or support that woman who her story is, you know what, I'm helping raise the kids. I'd love to have a, a professional career, but daycare is too expensive. I need to stay home. And they do that. And then 10, 15, even 20 years later, they find themselves sort of not needed anymore because the kids have grown up, they're out of the house, but all of a sudden they've been out of the workforce for so long. They're completely financially dependent on somebody they've been married to that they're either happy with or they're not. But all of a sudden they're trying to make it on their own. And this is where we see all the air, you know, the, you know, I don't want to start stereotyping, but what do you do with someone like this? Are they on, I mean, they're on their path, right? They're on their journey, but if, is there a gap there for them? Or is there an opportunity for them? Is, or is it, that's just how they are supposed to live? Oh, I think there's always opportunity. There is always opportunity for each and every one of us, and it is never too late. My oldest sister, Paula, had a trajectory kind of like you described, and she's 14 years older than me. And and I really learned from that, that I was going to always hang on to my career, even though I feel that being a mom is my highest role. And I named my practice Urban Balance because I wanted work-life balance. I wanted to be the kind of mom that I I want to be (laughs) and then also do work that is meaningful. And so depending on when I meet people, if it's in those earlier stages, it's about continuing to learn and, and make sure that you feel like you're growing and that you're hanging on to your self-esteem and to your network. And, you know, if you have a license or credential that you're keeping up with that, maybe you have a part-time side hustle or you have your own little side business that's manageable when you have your, your family that you're raising. I think being a stay-at-home parent is the hardest job and I have deep respect for it. It does put a lot of trust in your partner. And unfortunately, over the years in my practice, I have seen a lot of women come to realize that that they wish they had done things differently or the partnership doesn't work out and then they're in a really tough place. But I also, I love working with people at that stage too, because it's like a, a phoenix rising from the ashes. There's a loss and a shedding of the old but there's a metamorphosis of this recreation and rebirth of a new chapter. And there's always those talents. There's always the ability to thrive and prosper. I worked with one client who her husband suffered from addiction and she had three small children and had been home for, for 10 years, more than that. 
and through therapy, got back into the workforce and looked better than she ever had, bought her own home and supported her kids and is thriving. And so it's, it's, it's always possible. So what about this? And, and this will be probably the last main question before we start to wind down for series A of several, because like I said, I'm inviting you back to the show and I hope you'll say yes. There's a lot more to explore here. Uh, actually, I had on the show not too long ago, a woman named Laura Fredrickson, who uh, is an amazing, amazing human. Uh, she actually was m- one of my coaches back in uh, 2014, 2013. And I'll never forget, actually, I'll share this with you. And maybe we can play with this for the rest of the time because it's connected to my question. She said to me, and I was at the pinnacle of my career. Well, at that time, now things are even financially healthier than they were before big time. But at the time I was at the pinnacle of my career, I was making a lot of money. I didn't really have any debt. Um, you know, and I, I'll never forget. She said, how's your relationship with money? And I thought, and I said, it's great. Um, you know, making great money. And, you know, and little did I know that my relationship with money was in the toilet. I mean, I I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, but (laughs) the definition of financial success for me, that was it. As long as I was making lots of money, we were good. I didn't realize how much more I had access to at the time. Right. And she just made that. And I said, Oh, I'm good. Okay. You know, and then it's like years later and I I had her on the show and, and we talked about that. So this, this to me is a fascinating topic. My journey with money has been um, hilarious at times, extremely rewarding and also (laughs) extremely scary. Um, And I I happen to be coming out of a a period of great challenge uh, and I learned a ton and, and I just have so much appreciation. So I love this topic. So you said something a few minutes ago, you said something about being in service and being financially and having that financial abundance. And I see this with people. And yet I can also only speak for myself. There's this little part of me, even to this day, that says, well, Aaron, don't make too much money because you're going to turn into a bad person if you do. Right. Yes. And I can't tell you that I ever heard my parents really come out and say that. You know what I mean? Like I grew up in a household. My parents worked hard. I had a dual income house. They both made really good money. Mom eventually stopped working for the kids, you know, but like, where does that come from? And what can we do with that? It's, it's a cultural belief system. It can be in religious teachings or other larger belief systems that, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil or that rich people are selfish or greedy. And we may have unconsciously believed some of these things and internalized them. And it may be unconsciously causing us to set ceilings or push money away. And I talk in my book about the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset. And the scarcity mindset is the philosophy that if we have more, that means somebody else has less, that there's only so much of the pie. And the abundance mindset is about creation, that when you create more abundance, it actually lifts other people up. And so it's a different mindset. And I talk a lot about, um, I have a chapter on compassion about philanthropy and charity and being of service and giving back. And so it's important for us to look at that. And I love your 
vulnerability and sharing about your relationship with money. And in my book, I, I suggest naming your financial life as if it were a person and thinking about how you behave in that relationship. So in my day as a business struggle, I named my financial life Penny and I was neglectful and abusive to her. I was ashamed of her. I expected a lot out of her. I didn't introduce her to anybody. And now my financial life is named prosperity. And I know that she's a direct reflection of my worth. And I take her very, very seriously. And in my book, I also have a financial health wheel where there are different spokes that you measure how you're doing. And earning is just one of those spokes of financial consciousness. There's also planning and spending and and bill payment and charity and owning your worth and, and other aspects that we have to work on and pay attention to for holistic success. And, you know, I, I just, I think that this is a wonderful place to start to, to wind down. And I do want, I want listeners to know how to find you, where to find you and what tools they can access with that. I mean, what a powerful statement you just made right there. It's so much more holistic than it once was. And, you know, for anybody who's listening, who might be saying, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that, you know, what I can say is this, I thought I knew what financial abundance was about for myself, you know, for the first 15 years of my career. and because of my lack of awareness, my, my denial, honestly, and my, my self-deception around what financial abundance looks like, I ended up stepping into a financial crisis of my own in order to learn what it meant to really value and appreciate the finance, as I call it, financial freedom, and as, as others call it as well. Um, so, you know, don't do what I did at home, right? Like, you know, unless, you, unless that's part of your journey, but give yourself permission to have that beginner's mindset and listen to what Joyce is saying here, that there's a lot more involved. So with that, Joyce, tell us again, the name of your book, how people can get in touch with you, ask any questions about the show or possibly work and connect with you if that's um, something that you can be available for. Absolutely. So the name of the book is The Financial Mindset Fix, and it's a mental fitness program for an abundant life. And to me, an abundant life is not just about financial prosperity, but it's about mental well-being, supported relationships, and work-life balance. My website is joycemarter.com, and the book is on Amazon. It's on Audible. I did the narration of it, and it's in bookstores at Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, you name it. Oh, that's fantastic. So really no excuse not not to get the book. Joyce, thank you so much for your time today and for your insight and guidance and, and presence and for the amazing work you're doing. Thank you thank so much. Thank you so much, Erin. I'm honored and, and excited to come back. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, visit ErinJewelConsulting.com.